Hey everybody, Fabrice here. Welcome back to Blind Sanity. Today is the week of October the 17th, 2022. Uh, we're going to go through a little bit of news. Then uh, our deep dive of the week is going to be about that FDA-sponsored bioelectric um, or electronic bioelectronic retinal implant uh, to restore vision we'll talk a little bit about what's going to happen it is scheduled next week and then we'll finish things up with a few uh, news uh, and announcement regarding our website and some emails and some comments on our blog let's get going Let's start with the news. This week is a little bit, um, a little bit busier than last week. Uh, the first piece of news is about an article I read actually today on the blog 9to5Mac. It is related to the Apple Glass or uh, depending on who you ask, the Apple VR, AR uh, headset. They're supposed to be quite expensive, but apparently Apple is working on three different models, one very expensive at more than $3,000, all the way down to $1,000 for the less expensive. The article was talking about the accessibility potential related to the Google Glass, uh, with an emphasis uh, on people that um, have disabilities uh, related to eyesight and to uh, motion. The um, part related to the disability related to um, uh, eyesight uh, was a little basic. The glasses were seen to be used as uh, hazard recognition, uh, people recognition, uh, automatically uh, read uh, inscription on a book when you read a book or when you open a book or when you receive an advertisement of there's a publication or anything like that. And also describe your environment. There is nothing here really, um, I would say, um, uh, as recognizable as a big breakthrough. Uh, this kind of use for um, VR and AR headset has been used in the past by other companies, including ARX uh, and the Google Glass. Uh, back in uh, back in the time when Google uh, had their glasses out, uh, nothing uh, more than that for the moment. There's been a few discussion about the connection of very high uh, resolution headset directly to the brain using a microchip, um, and uh, we'll talk about that uh, probably next week since it could be the topic of the uh, FDA sponsored. Um, conference uh, we'll be talking about in our next section. So I'll keep that there uh, for the moment. Let's move to the next section, uh, the, the next uh, news, sorry. Second piece of news picked up on the internet and a little bit everywhere this month is related to the Blindness Awareness, uh, awareness Month that is actually October every year. Uh, again, the Foundation Fighting Blindness has a um, campaign related to uh, that uh, month. It is called hashtag share your vision. Uh, you can use that hashtag on your social media and express or, or describe what is your life as a blind, legally blind or low vision person uh, all these months. 
there's also been um, a lot of articles that are a little late uh, to my taste. They just showed up um, early this week, uh, early this weekend, actually, uh, related to, um, again, the um, uh, Blindness Awareness Month, uh, with a few interesting stories from uh, younger uh, folks that would... Um, that actually still at school and are planning a career related to uh, helping others with the same condition. Uh, there's a lot of articles that I'll share on our blog a little bit later. Um, those are experiences um, from people that are blind and legally blind or um, um, uh, low vision. Uh, it's always good to read um, and maybe to share with people with good eyesight uh, so that they can understand that blindness is not just uh, the equivalent of switching on and off the light, but there's also a whole spectrum uh, of blindness uh, that that is usually something that people don't really understand, that the biggest misunderstanding actually um, uh, regarding our, our uh, disability. Um, another piece, again, related to blindness awareness mounts, this time uh, show uh, actually an interesting number from the World Health Organization, the WHO, saying that every one of us, if we live long enough in our 70s and 80s, we'll end up having an eye disability. Uh, this is something that most of us already know. As we age, uh, our eyesight declines, same thing with our hearing. Uh, it does look like... Um, According to the, the WHO, everyone uh, will not, no one will be immune actually to um, some kind of uh, low vision problem uh, at a certain stage of our age, uh, at our of our life, either very early, like some of us, or very late, uh, as the um, eye ages with you. Uh, another interesting article to read from the WHO that I'll post on. Um, uh, uh, our website, blindsanity.com, on our blog section. And now the last piece of news. It's actually not a piece of news, more of a, a personal opinion related to um, a few conversations I had today, uh, or over the past few days, sorry, this weekend. Uh, as some of you know, I do tend to spend a lot of time in San Francisco walking for miles and miles and miles every uh, weekend, either with my cane uh, or with a friend. I usually get attached to um, uh, my friend's um, uh, backpack um, and uh, and I walk next to him uh, for 20, 25 miles uh, every weekend. And I do tend to meet a lot of people with the same disability as mine, or at least a, a disability that is similar to mine. And those people tend to talk to me uh, very freely. Uh, I guess it's easier to share your misery um, or your um, trouble like in life, I guess, uh, with somebody who can understand it rather than with somebody who has no clue what blindness is. I just wanted to share one thing, one experience I had uh, this past week. This was with a person I didn't know that talked to me at a restaurant, a 60-year-old male uh, married to uh, his wife, and his wife was right next to me on the same table. Um, he had uh, eyesight issue actually on both eyes. The first one was a freak accident involving a knife. And he got stabbed in the right eye uh, that required uh, actually a, really a lot of surgery. Uh, he is scheduled for his 10th surgery on his eyes. Uh, he told me all about uh, the problem that he had, uh, but also a lot of interesting technology and something pretty crazy like a, um, a new iris 
um, that is not his, but a new iris that actually helped uh, greatly with the one uh, damage that he had. Uh, he also talked about uh, a new uh, cornea um, and uh, to replace the, uh, the old one that he had done uh, after his uh, accident. The other eyes, however, is another story, and I wanted to share that with you because it's, I understand that it's, you know, you have to live with your blindness, but you got to be careful about what you're doing and how you're doing it. For that particular uh, eye, the left one, it was actually a glass eye that the, the guy was wearing. Uh, when he was younger, he was mowing the glass, the grass, sorry, with a mower that had no shield. And the guy, him, was not wearing any uh, safety glasses. A rock got caught in the, um, the, the electric mower and the um, rock was, uh, well, thrown at his face. It destroyed part of his nose and uh, locked himself into his left eye, destroying it completely and uh, avoiding his brain by a few millimeters. Now, I understand some of those accidents are freak accidents. Some other uh, could be easily available, uh, avoidable. And in that case, that could have been avoided. Even if that guy was relatively young at this stage, he could have uh, uh, thought about using uh, safety glasses, especially after um, being stabbed uh, with a knife on the other eyes. So uh, again, it's easy um, to, um, to say, but uh, if you know that you are going to do something that is, you know, uh, could create an issue for you, either for your eyes or for your limbs or anything like that, use the right PPE, the right protective uh, equipment, gloves or anything like that. It takes a little longer. It may cost you a few bucks extra, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, you'll protect um, what is left that is working in your body. And it's, to me, very irritating to hear stories like that. Even though I understand that that guy is going through misery and his life is not that fun, I can understand that completely. Uh, this was uh, completely avoidable and something that is that simply avoidable should not happen. Um, if you see someone... Uh, using um, an instrument or doing something that is not safe, it is also your responsibility to tell that person to be careful and use protective equipment or do things in a different way to prevent him or other to be um, uh, hurt. Again, it's a way of thinking. Um, I'm an engineer. I work uh, in an area where uh, safety is in, in the forefront of everything that we do. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, a habit and a reflex for me. And I understand that for some other it isn't, but we should all fight complacency and laziness and things uh, before acting, especially uh, for uh, things that, uh, like that that could have serious consequences on our health and on our way we, uh, we, uh, we go through life. That's it for um, uh, the news. We're going to move to our deep dive. It's going to be a little bit on the technical side this time, but let's get going and uh, get this thing going. All right, deep dive of the week. This week is going to be about the FDA-sponsored workshop related to bioelectronic uh, retinal implant um, workshop. So this is going to be 
um, a two-day event that is going to happen next week, the 24th and the 25th. It's, it's basically two days uh, of eight hours of uh, talk and discussion and presentation. Uh, it is open to people who had registered already. I believe registration is closed by now. If you haven't registered, that's not a big deal since uh, next week and the week uh, after um, our uh, podcast will be dedicated to all we learned and uh, all the potential um, and uh, promising technology uh, coming our way uh, in the field of uh, retinal implant. What we're going to do today, however, is that we're going to uh, basically describe what is going to happen during those first uh, those two days. Uh, we just received an email today uh, with the program and basically uh, everything that uh, is going to happen during those two days. Uh, the idea here is that uh, this week we're going to share, like I said, um, all the topics of discussion. Next week, we are going to start touching uh, on um, the, the, the biggest one, uh, the most important one, and maybe reporting uh, what was said during those uh, two days of workshop. And then we'll do a similar um, deep dive uh, two weeks from now with uh, other, a little less hot topics and maybe a, a, a basic review or reminder of what happened during those two days. So let's take a quick break and let's start with the description of what's going to happen during day one of that workshop for um, uh, retinal implant uh, sponsored by the FDA. All right, so let's first start with uh, just the announcement and how the, uh, the conference is going to be organized from an accessibility standpoint. It's actually pretty interesting. I've been to a lot of other conferences, not necessarily related to uh, eyesight or to medical research, but more uh, associated to my own career. Uh, and uh, the organization of this particular uh, workshop uh, sponsored by VFDA is actually pretty neat um, and it's actually uh, very well done from an accessibility standpoint. Everything is voiceover or talkback accessible on their website and on their email. And uh, something that I haven't seen very much uh, in the past, their reminder or final reminder uh, to attend uh, the um, the conference uh, actually has calendars that you can include into your own Google or Apple calendar. That's actually pretty neat. I haven't seen that before. Uh, this is probably something that uh, more people should do. Uh, there's not that much uh, details in those calendars. Uh, as uh, you probably know, if you go to this kind of uh, meetings, um, it's usually, it looks like it's eight hour block, but there are uh, multiple small block, 15 to 20 minutes each where people are invited to talk about a particular uh, subject and then they move on to a next topic, etc., etc., with a break in the middle for lunch and then um, uh, the rest of it for the end of the, of the, uh, of the day. Uh, the calendar actually does not tell you what they're going to talk about uh, in order. This is something that you'll have to dig a little bit more into the uh, official conference website and actually figure things out. I'm going to share with you in the next two segments uh, of that show uh, what is going to be um, the topics of discussion for each of those two days. Um, but it would have been nice if that calendar uh, actually had um, the, um, the breakdown uh, minute by minute of everything that would happen uh, that is supposed to happen during those two days. So like I say, uh, this conference is organized by the FDA and the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, this is a co-sponsorship. 
Um, it invites a lot of people from uh, the medical field, the research field, the FDA, the university, um, uh, um, I would say the university field or the research and university uh, field. And it also invites patients uh, both with and without uh, those um, bioelectronic implants uh, to uh, try to figure out a way to improve and accelerate the approval of uh, new technologies uh, or new implant uh, technologies uh, in our retina uh, by the FDA. Right now, there's a lot of regulation, there's a lot of ethical um, consideration and things like that that need, need to be considered. Um, and the FDA would like to see if we can simplify things, uh, if they can simplify things and make things a little bit more um, straightforward uh, in order to get uh, the, those brand new technology approved faster. Um, so, like I said, it, it will be, uh, the, the whole conference is spread out on uh, uh, over two days, October 24th and 25th. So this is next Thursday and Friday. It will start at 8.30 Eastern time and will go up to 3.30 Eastern time also. Uh, same for Friday. Um, for those who go to conferences, again, this is a very similar uh, kind of structure. Um, no big surprise. Uh, but uh, the interesting things here is that um, the conference uh, will be on Zoom. I believe there is also a, pub a possibility to go public if you are in the area, but uh, for uh, what I registered, it is uh, it will be on Zoom, uh, uh, accessible only to those people who registered. So if you haven't registered yet, uh, it's a little bit too late. Uh, and on top of that, if uh, uh, if we miss uh, one uh, or two of those meetings, those short meetings, because that's quite a lot, actually, looking at the agenda. Uh, so if you miss a little bit uh, um, of this uh, at a certain time or uh, you have something else to do, you can always go back. They said that uh, they will publish the entire uh, um, web conference on their website, again, accessible only to people who are registered. So um, let's get now, uh, uh, well, I think it's time to go to get going to, uh, uh, to the actual uh, program for the, the, the two days. Going to take a quick break and we're going to start with the first day. Um, you'll see it's actually pretty busy, especially in the morning. The afternoon is a little bit boring, but the morning is actually pretty neat. Let's take a quick break and I'll come back in a few seconds. All right, let's look at the first day of uh, the uh, the conference. The agenda is actually pretty busy in the morning and pretty empty in the afternoon, uh, all things considered. Um, first, if you hear a voice in the back um, uh, during, a, during a, um, that section, it's, it's only my computer talking back to me. Uh, the agenda is actually pretty complicated and I have to find a way to um, uh, make it um, easier to, uh, to read. And you might hear my computer spitting things at me, uh, so sorry for that in advance. So for those who uh, ever been to a conference, you know that the first 10, 15 minutes is usually all about welcome um, uh, and people patting themselves in the back. Um, so in that case, that's not going to be any different. You have a welcoming session of 10 to 15 minutes where everybody's introducing each other. Uh, probably we'll hear about the uh, main organizer of the conference, which means the FDA uh, will be here and the University of Pittsburgh will be here also. 
uh, they'll probably talk about um, their belief, what they do, and what they're trying to accomplish uh, during uh, that conference. Then we'll move to the meat of the conference. Uh, the, um, the whole day divided into three parts, session one, session two, and the session three in the afternoon. Uh, session one is going to be a little bit on the vague side. I think it's more of an introduction to what is a bioelectronic uh, implant. And um, so this is uh, what they're going to, uh, to talk about, and they are going to try to figure out the use of it first before the technology. The actual technology will be discussed in the session two, uh, mid-morning mid that same day. So let's talk first about that first session. Uh, basically, what they're going to talk about is um, what is uh, the um, what is um, uh, bioelectronic uh, uh, implant. Uh, why is it useful to general uh, population? They're also going to talk about the ethical uh, consideration related to uh, implanting uh, something in the back of your eye. They also talk about the economics and the socioeconomics. Uh, 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 behind uh, receiving an implant. Uh, they'll talk about the psychology and psychological consideration, uh, probably for people uh, receiving those uh, implants, the expectation and what they end up um, uh, having, also the risk that they can go, uh, they, they have to go through. Um, that's pretty much it for the first session. It's about two hours long. Uh, my uh, uh, opinion here is that it is going to be interesting uh, from uh, the probably the psychological standpoint. Uh, I do hear that those implants right now are not great. Uh, they do show flash of light, but not much more than that. So I would love to hear uh, the, uh, the psychological um, uh, consideration uh, part of uh, getting an implant uh, inside your, uh, your, um, um, your eyes. Uh, remember that this is a conference that um, invites publics to talk, so there will be a lot of patients uh, during uh, and between those uh, meetings of those topics um, that will talk about their own experience. And uh, I'm also looking forward to patients talking about the psycho, um, psychological consideration uh, that make them choose to get an implant compared to others that decided that it's not worth it. Once we're done with that session, there'll be a break, uh, 15, 20 minutes as usual, and then they'll move to the actual interesting part of that first uh, morning, uh, that first meeting, uh, sorry, first day of meeting, uh, and we're going to talk about technology and uh, regula regulation. So regulation, this is going to be something uh, probably uh, borderline boring for us, but the technology might actually be interesting. Uh, it apparently going to be divided into three uh, kind of uh, technology, the um, um, subretinal uh, implant, which means that there is an Im the implant is uh, located behind the retina. Then they'll talk about the uh, epiretinal uh, um, implant, which basically means that this is something that is going to be on the surface of your uh, retina. And uh, then they'll go to uh, the uh, cortical uh, implant, uh, I'm not very familiar to that. Uh, I'll have to uh, listen to this and then get back to you uh, to see how uh, all this works. Again, they will invite patients to explain uh, what they see, how it feels, uh, all the decision process and all the, uh, the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the process they had to go through to get each of those implants. This is going to be an interesting one. 
Uh, and then the, uh, the, the session and the morning will end with regulations. Uh, what is the current regulation that the FDA has to follow? Probably from the um, approval process and the clinical trial process and um, how things could get better. Uh, after all, the, the, the whole conference is about improving the process of approving uh, those um, retinal implants. So this uh, definitely is a topic of uh, interest for the FDA himself, itself. The afternoon uh, is actually a third, the, this is where the first session starts. It's a long one, starting from one o'clock all the way to 3.30. And uh, it's basically uh, uh, going to be filled with patient consideration and patient uh, discussing their own experience, uh, depending on what kind of implant they use, um, they also discuss uh, the hurdle uh, from their uh, regulation and from the um, financial standpoint uh, they had to go through and things like that. Again, the afternoon might be a little bit less interesting than the first two sessions in the morning, but still will be interesting to see real life patients and their own experience. That's it for day one. Uh, it could be, uh, like I said, uh, interesting uh, in the morning. There's a lot of things for me to learn. Uh, especially on the different kind of implant and uh, definitely a few episodes of our podcast um, that could be uh, dedicated to each of those different topics. Let's take a quick break and we'll move on to the agenda for the second day of that conference. Right, so the second day, uh, October 26th, start at 8.30 and finish at 3 uh, 30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, start with a welcome 10-minute uh, session as usual, and then there's three or four sessions after that. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of patient um, interview in that case. It's got not. It's, it's going to be more about Q and A, uh, where people will have uh, uh, time to ask questions. I suspect people that are going to um, be watching the, those. Uh, the video are going to be able to ask questions. And this is the part where I'm planning on submitting some of the questions I received from you. I consolidate some of them and I will submit uh, that to them in order uh, to see if they can uh, answer that to them. But basically what this whole day is about, um, and it, this is basically going to be about definition. What is a success? What is worth uh, working on? What is considered a failure and how you can reach a conclusion that that technology is a success compared to another another one. Uh, it's actually important because of the money coming behind it. Uh, if uh, FDA, for example, approve a technology uh, as a successful technology, there will be a, a, a large amount of money coming uh, to uh, that um, uh, company uh, that got their um, technology approved uh, and that will allow a research to become... Um, uh, to, uh, to, to help improve that kind of technology, while some others that are less prom uh, promising will not receive that kind of money. How to determine what is success and what is a failure, or how to determine what is uh, promising from what is not promising is very subjective. Uh, I did ask a few questions on Twitter a bounce ago, and a lot of you guys uh, answered that um, there is a minimum that you'll be able to uh, to uh, to do that you want to be able to do with an implant that would qualify that technology as a as a success. It would be interesting to see what those uh, major player consider as a success. In order to do that, 
uh, there's going to be a lot of mini sessions that are going to uh, discuss about the, the effectiveness of different technology from different major players in the field. Uh, we'll see how they work. We'll see uh, how effective they are and how they measure effectiveness. That is going to also uh, be interesting. Uh, also very subjective, uh, depending on who you ask. And then um, it's going to really become obscure because it's going to be very FDA-centered. Uh, We're going to talk about the approval uh, framework from the Food and Drug Administration, how they approve a, a new technology or a new... Um, uh, well, a new technology or a new medicine, whatever it is, from the beginning to the end. Uh, they're also going to discuss how you can fast track the approval of a special technology or a cure for a disease and see how they can improve uh, things um, uh, in order to get uh, those um, uh, technologies uh, into the market as fast as possible while uh, being able to maintain uh, the same uh, level of regulation and safety as any other medication. So there's always going to be a little bit of, you know, uh, you know, pro and con. They're going to have to balance things a little bit to, to, to allow technology to advance, uh, even though uh, the FDA will not have all the information they need to make the decision right from the beginning. So there's still some work to be done after the, uh, the product or the technology hit the market after being approved by them. So that's pretty much it for uh, the second uh, day. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a little more intense on the second day compared with the first one, but going to probably be more instructive and educational. Uh, we'll talk about each of those days uh, in future episodes. Let's just take a break and then let's move on to the final section of our podcast with mail, comments and a few announcements. We're going to go quick with a comments uh, announcement related to our website and mail. Um, I did say that I did get a few questions from you guys uh, that I'm planning on submit uh, as a Q&A uh, uh, at that conference. If you have additional questions based on what I just told you over the past 20 minutes, don't hesitate to send those emails. I'll, I'll tell you how a little bit later. I'll also publish on blindsanity.com a blog page uh, links and copies of uh, agenda so you'll know exactly what happened when. Uh, unfortunately, if you're not registered, I don't believe that you'll be able to assist to any of those meetings and you won't be able to watch uh, the um, video recorded uh, recording uh, available after the um, the meeting. If that changes, I'll let you know and I will give you the link uh, for you to, uh, to share. If you have additional questions, uh, either related to the conference or anything else, if you have any complaint or any suggestion or anything, as always, you can uh, email us or send a voicemail attached to that email. Uh, the email address is blindsanitypodcast at gmail.com. You can also um, post uh, publicly or privately. Uh, you can use DM on uh, Twitter at BlindSanityPod. And you can also go uh, in uh, our website, BlindSanity.com, uh, jump to our Contact Us page and uh, contact us directly using that form uh, there. Remember, when we use that form, you'll have a copy of your question and your email sent to you automatically with a status uh, regarding if it was read and, um, and when it was delivered. 
Um, more uh, a final announcement. Uh, I'll invite you to go to YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. We have a few videos. I think two dozen videos right now uh, related to uh, a little bit old technologies related to uh, blindness, white cane, uh, or um, refreshable braille display. Recently, I made uh, almost a, do a dozen videos of uh, related to Apple latest um, uh, AirPod Pro 2. Um, the latest video that I plan on issuing today is going to be um, the unboxing of Alexa Echo, the latest um, mid-range $110 Echo um, um, speaker from Amazon. Uh, you'll see that it's actually pretty amazingly packaged and very, very accessibility friendly. That's it for now. Um, next week, we'll definitely going to talk about the outcome of that conference. This is probably going to be the topic on conversation for the next months uh, with our podcast. Uh, since the conference is on Monday and Tuesday, I believe, unless I made another mistake, uh, you will not get a podcast episode on, on those days, but probably on Tuesday or Wednesday, on, sorry, on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday after the conference. As always, we are available on Twitter. Uh, this is our favorite way to communicate. It's very simple and very fast. You have until the 24th to send us your questions if you want them to be submitted to the um, uh, at the conference. That's it for now. Have a good day. Have a good week. A nice weekend. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.